What is up? Hello and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. A ton to get to today. Let's waste no time. Social reminder first, check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Now let's introduce myself and my co-host. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience, and he's with me each and every single episode. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He is the one, the only, Len Martez. What's up, Len? What are you, broken up, man? Because the uh, 87 retired, you sound like uh, you've been crying for the last two days, man. No, I'm not. Gronk's <laughs> retiring! Gronk's retiring! No, as uh, as we'll get into... I mean, into- he's not Will Smith. He's not T Pain. As we'll get he's into, not Russell Westbrook. As we'll he's get into, he's not Tyrod Taylor. Wow, you're really going through all my favorites here. Yeah, because I've gone through six years of that crap. <laughs> uh, Mind you, not one person I named <laughs> is any good. <laughs> my favorite's Tyrod. I'll give you Tyrod. But no, I, I'm actually not as broken up about this as some Bucks fans on social media seem to be, but we'll get into that as as the show rolls along. Honestly, might just be a little bit of tiredness, still getting over, a, uh, getting back into the swing of things after a great uh, Father's Day vacation down in Atlanta with my fan, with uh, my wife, my daughter, and my uh, my mother and my father too. So it was great to be. With, uh, I guess, with my daughter, myself, and my dad, with three generations of Downies cool. on Father's Day. So, good time there. Uh, now, just back into the swing of things and uh, back into a new edition of the Bucks Nation podcast. And as you already alluded to, the elephant in the room, Rob Gronkowski, has officially hung up the cleats, hung up the helmet for, in my opinion, the final time. But there is a a lot of controversy surrounding his announcement and and what people close to him are even saying. One of the weirder uh, retirement fallouts I've ever seen. But, Lynn, uh, I just want to start with this. What was your uh, initial reaction when you saw the news? The There were a couple reports out there that he was hanging it up, but then when you saw the official announcement that uh, Rob put out there on Twitter that uh, he was done playing football. Slightly surprised. From a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say maybe about a 3. And the reason being is I thought, like I said multiple times on this podcast, regards to the fact that NFL players, majority of them, whether it be the 53 on the, on the active roster or, or the 70 that are, you know, around the team between, uh, you know, practice squad players and everything else, they don't enjoy training camp. They just don't. And when you're an 11-year veteran and you've had the injuries that he's had from ankle sprains in 2011 to broken forearms in 2012 to needing back surgery after the 2012 season to missing nine games with the torn uh, MCL and ACL in 2013. And the fact that he was taking pounding and pounding year after year being the biggest target in in New England. And I don't just mean because he's 6'6", 270. I just mean because he was the most important piece of that offense outside of Tom Brady in New England, the nine years he played there. But again, I was surprised because I thought he would pull a Michael Strahan 
and blow off training camp and show up for the end of the end of training camp, play the season, make a run with Tom and do like Strahan did right off into the sunset after a Super Bowl victory or attempt at a Super Bowl victory. And he retired. And like I said, I was slightly surprised. I would not be surprised if he comes back and puts shoulder pads on again because he's that type of guy. I will say this much. Everyone's like, hey, he went away one time and now he's going to come back again. Here's the difference. The last time he went away, he was going away because he was banged up. Again, after those seasons in New England, he was just banged up. And in New England, here's the thing, Trey. Everyone's like, well, you know, why, why would he come back to Tampa Bay? Give me a couple of reasons. One is because the guy that throws a ball on Sundays, Tom Brady, number 12, picks up the phone and calls one of his favorite players to play with ever in his career. That's number one. Number two is, you know the difference between Bruce Arians and, and Bill Belichick? I'll tell you. Maintenance days. <laughs> they ain't no maintenance days in Foxborough, homeboy. <laughs> That's the difference. So when folks say, hey, why did Gronkowski go back to Tampa Bay and not New England? That's why. Because Bruce gives his players, his veteran players, maintenance days. You can see it throughout the injury report throughout the season. Every Wednesday, <laughs> you can see guys like J.C. Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue, whomever it is, veterans. They're on the injury report. You know what it says next to it? Not injury related. You want to know what that means? Maintenance day. That's what he did with his veterans. You don't get maintenance days in Foxborough, homeboy. I want to get into what you said there as far as not being surprised if he were to come back. And a reason that a lot of people are already predicting that he's going to is because his own agent, Drew Rosenhaus, (laughs) shortly after Rob announced his retirement, put out a statement where he said he wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back at some point this season, which is like, what in the world are you doing what am I Drew? doing? Stir in do? the pot. Now I'm are... stirring the pot. Yeah. And that's Drew. That's Drew, not only is an agent, he's a showman, dude. Next yeah. question. Next question. Next question. We still remember that 17, 18 years later. Right? Yeah. That's number one. Number two is Drew, based out of Miami, does a little something, something on TV too, Sunday nights. It's kind of a little sports show. Sunday Night Sports Show, uh, Fox affiliate in uh, Miami, WSVN. You know what Drew needs? Things to talk about. (laughs) So here you go. It's just weird that you do that with with your own client. Drew's not Tom Condon. He's not not one of those guys that's going to be in the background. He's a forefront. He's in in the forefront when it comes to being that type of agent. He's always been that guy. Well, here's here's the thing. You said that you would not be surprised if Rob Gronkowski comes back. I would be surprised if he comes back at this point. And I'll tell you why I feel like this retirement is different. You mentioned Tom Brady might call him one of his favorite players and say, you know, I need you. Let's come back. I think that conversation's already happened when Tom 
when Tom decided that he was going to end his own retirement and come back to the Buccaneers. In I March. Think Ro- yeah. In March. I think That's Rob the was, difference. I think That's Rob difference. was one of the first guys. But here's here's the other thing. Why retire? There was no pressure on Rob Gronkowski, in my opinion. You've even you even said that you thought that he was going to skip training camp and come back. I thought that that was a, a definite possibility. Why even say anything that you're retiring if it's even a possibility that you are going that you are going to come back? I think that I think that this is I think that this is truly it because there's no reason to to come out and and say anything if if this isn't truly it in your opinion. Now, is there a situation knock on wood that this doesn't happen where Cam Brate suffers an injury in week three, week four, and Tom calls him then? Then maybe I could see it happening. But I think that Gronk truly believes that this is it. And I would be surprised that it, if he comes back because, in my opinion, there was no pressure on him to make this announcement when he did. Fair enough. And when you think about the announcement being in June, as opposed to doing it sooner in March when, when Tom came back, whatever, give Gronk some credit when it comes to the contemplating things in regards to his future i don't know what's in his future i mean there's always there's talk about you know whether it be he tried the tv thing wasn't the greatest doing that the wwe wrestling thing do something along those lines maybe do some tv shows movie acting whatever it is what the guy has is options that's number one number two is those options when you do retire get pushed to the forefront now Again, because if you're not retired, there may be some folks who may want to offer you something who thinking, ah, maybe he's going back to football. There's a strategy, trust me, in how guys work things these days. And whether it's Alex Rodriguez, who has, you know, a whole team of publicists, <laughs> public relations people, even when he was still playing, to guys just, again, planning their future. You know, the branding thing. You got a guy in, in Rob Gronkowski that, you know, according to reports, made $70 million in his career playing football, 11 seasons. And according to him, he's not, he hasn't touched that money. Why? Because he's got money he's made from endorsements and all the other things he's doing. Subway, eat fresh, uh, uh, line, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and he plays it well. You know, he plays the, you know, that the, the dumb jock. The, well. He plays it well, man. You know, and, and God bless him because he's made he's made a career not only in football, but outside of football, where he's made a great living, and that's all he's living on. His endorsement money. So again, these endorsements get pushed to the forefront just a little when you're sitting down with people now with your team with Drew and everyone else that's on your team and you sit there and you tell them, yeah, I just retired last week. What do you got for me? That's how it works, man. How much is that in the forefront when you mentioned he's sitting down with Drew and these people and Drew's already putting out there that he might come back? Again, that's just Drew giving something, you know, folks to talk about and they keep Rob's name in their mouth. 
it may be based off a conversation he had with Rob. Rob, Rob could have said to him, hey, Drew, I'm going to retire. Well, you never know. I could, you know, I could come back. Yeah. I still got football in me, whatever. But as it is right now, he's basically said, okay, I'm done. And again, that steamrolls all the opportunities he's going to have moving forward outside of football. I think that's, I think that's the main reason why that you pull a plug. You ask why I retire, that's the reason why. And not only that, but you allow the Buccaneers to move on too. You know, from a football standpoint, that's the thing. You let them move on. Because you're asking the question why, from a football standpoint, the Bucs needed, needed to know. You can say, and when I say you, I mean you people could say, oh, the Bucs weren't sitting on their hands and waiting for Rob Gronkowski to come back. And you know what? You may have been right. Now, again, there's a strategy to all this. It helps the Bucs moving forward. And also, it gets him in the forefront when it comes to dealing with other things and other ways he's made a career that he's living off of and not spend a dime of his NFL money. Before we get into the future implications that this holds for the Bucks, and if they go out and make a move in reference to the tight end position, I want to talk about Gronk's legacy. And what do you think Gronk's legacy is in the NFL when uh, longevity is always going to be a question when, you know, ranking him in terms of the best tight end of all time. Got guys like like Tony Gonzalez out there who certainly have an argument for that, but Gronk uh, at his peak. I don't know if I saw anyone better, but it's his legacy is is cemented to me. I think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I think that he is right there. There is an argument to be made that he is the best tight end of all time over Tony Gonzalez, even though I might lean Tony over Gronk slightly just because of longevity. Look, I can make I can make the argument for either guy. I can make an argument for for Gronk certainly. I will say this much, and and because I'm slightly older than you, that's right. I said slightly older than you. I remember guys like Keller Winslow, who who was ahead of himself when it came to playing football in the NFL and the senior Kellen Winslow senior, senior. correct senior senior Kellen Winslow was ahead of himself the way. He played football, and the way the Chargers ran their offense, Air Cole Yell. In my eyes, at that time, he was the best tight end that I ever seen. And he, like I said, was ahead of himself. Why? Because he does what these guys do now. Whether it be Kelsey or Kittle or Waller, all those guys who are pass-catching tight ends, Winslow was doing that in the 80s and 90s, dude. Being a matchup problem for, for linebackers and safeties. That's the thing that I think of when I think of those tight ends. When I think of Gonzalez, same thing, dude. Basketball player body, 6'5", 6'6", caught everything. Was he the greatest blocker? No. But when it came to playing the way he played in the structured offense of the Kansas City Chiefs, and also the Atlanta Falcons, he was the stuff, man. And I want to say the other word that begins with S, but I won't. He was the stuff. That's two guys that I can tell you. The last guy that I will tell you that I'll compare to Gronk is Shannon Sharp. 
beast, beast. And I say this because to me, in my eyes, he was a total package. He was speed. He was power. He blocked. That Shannon was the stuff, man, too. Again, <laughs> he, he was it. So those three guys are easily guys that I say, you could argue best tight end that I ever watched. But then there's Gronk. And Gronk, out of all those guys, Gronk was the biggest mismatch of any of them. Any of them. He had that over the, over the three guys I mentioned. Over Tony Gonzalez, over Kellen Winslow, and over Shannon Sharp. Because he was 6'6", 270. Huge. Too big for safeties. Who, I mean, 205, 220 tops, 215. They were hanging off of him. And, of course, too bad for linebackers. And the thing about Gronk that you can make a case for as being the greatest ever is the fact that I can talk about Winslow. I can talk about Gonzalez, but those guys did it 15, 16, 18, 19 years. Gronk did his numbers in 11 years, dude. Played 140-plus games, regular season games. Ranks 10th among tight ends, over 600 catches. Ranks 5th in yards for tight ends. And he's 3rd for touchdowns. 3rd! But yet he played nearly like, at least 100 less games than Gonzalez did. Yeah. That's my argument. If, I, if you say to me, well, how can you argue Gronk's the best? That's what I tell you. He was the biggest matchup problem of all the tight ends I've ever seen. Not only that, that guy put up the numbers I just mentioned and played <laughs> a whole lot less time than those other guys. Think about it, dude. That guy has 92 touchdowns, regular season touchdowns. Third among tight ends. Third. Phenomenal. And he's and he's leaving at 32, 33 years old. While these other guys played into their mid-30s and, and heck, Gonzalez played to him was 40 years old. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely see that, see that argument. I think Gronk at his peak is probably the best of all time, the best that I've ever seen. As you mentioned the age thing. I saw Shannon play a little bit. Didn't really see Kellen Winslow uh, senior, senior play. Senior play. <laughs> uh, saw, a, saw a ton of, uh, of Tony Gonzalez, but Gronk, <clears throat> my biggest thing when any guy retires and you're talking about, are they a Hall of Famer? One of the biggest criteria that I throw into it, especially when you look at some of these guys that might retire a little bit young, is at any point in their career, were they the absolute best at their position? No questions asked. And for a large majority of Rob Gronkowski's NFL career, you could argue that he was the best tight end in the game. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Hall of Fame is even a question. Yeah, yeah, That's, for sure. I, mean, I think he's a first ballot. I, I, I really do. You know, I, I've done this a few times on local radio, where you take a sport and you say to yourself, "Okay, if that guy walks away right now, an active player, mm -hmm. does that guy walk into the Hall of Fame?" Boom! You start talking about guys. You know, you can do it in baseball. Mike Trout walks away tomorrow. From, from baseball. You know what he's doing? 
He's walking into Cooperstown, right? Max Scherzer, he decides, I'm done pitching. Not pitching anymore. You know what Max Scherzer does? He walks into the, the Hall of Fame. He walks into Cooperstown, right? And doesn't have to play another game. I'm not talking about, you know, guys who played 20-plus years like Tom. We know Tom's walking to Canton, too. But I'm talking about guys who, you know, like, like a Patrick Willis. Yep. You know, decides he wants to walk away, not play again. Oh, my God. Alvin Johnson. We're shocked, right? We're shocked when guys like that leave. But, again, active. When they're active, you think to yourself, that guy can walk into the Hall of Fame right now. And Gronk's that guy. Gronk was that guy two years ago, in my opinion. Yep. I mean. If he never played for the Bucks, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my, my opinion. Totally agree. Totally agree. Don't get me wrong. I mean, getting that fourth Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And getting the numbers he got with Tom over the last couple of years certainly put some yeast into his numbers. But in my opinion, he didn't need it. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally with you. Now, let's get into the implications that this holds for the Bucks in, in 2022 moving forward and the tight end position. Rob Gronkowski was not on the Bucks roster, so the Bucks were at least preparing for uh, – his departure, even though a lot of people, especially once Tom came back, kind of penciled in Gronk that he was going to come back at some point in the season. Now it looks like that is unlikely. If you look at the depth chart, that definitely cements Cam Brate as the number one tight end on this team. You got a couple of rookies there. Uh, Cody McElroy is still on the team as well. There has been a lot of chatter on social media amongst Bucks fans that the Bucks need to go out and make a move in terms of tight end. There are a couple of interesting names still out there in terms of free agent, former Los Angeles Charger and New Orleans Saints tight end Jared Cook is a free agent, former New York Giant Eric Ebron is still a free agent amongst a few other names. And former then Steeler. former Steeler for Ebron as well. Yes. Uh, but, uh, Former, did I say New York Giant? Yeah. He, yeah, played for the Lions uh, as well. Um, but um, then you've got the name that a lot of Bucks fans are circling, the sexy name. Oh, he wants a new contract. Maybe they'll go to Baltimore and trade for Mark Andrews. Eh, eh, ain't happening. <laughs> they, the Ravens already traded away uh, the best wide receiver Lamar Jackson had. You're not going to tr- trade away the favorite target that he still has left on that team. Just not going to happen. While I, you're it, trying to sign Lamar Jackson long-term. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it would, it would be phenomenal in Tampa Bay if you get Mark Andrews at this stage of his career. But let's cancel that out. So look at the names that are free agents and the names that are still on the roster. And in my opinion, I don't think they really need to make a move. Now, is Cam Bray a significant downgrade in terms of blocking that what Rob Gronkowski brought, 100%. But if you look at those, if you look at Cook, you look at Ebron, you look at the guys that are free agents, they're primarily pass catchers. They're not going to come in and, I mean, maybe they're a slight upgrade over what Brait brings, but they're not going to bring you the, the blocking that Gronkowski offers. So in my opinion, you go with Brait, who we know Tom Brady trusts, look back to that Super Bowl run, and that Washington game, that was a lot tougher than people expected it to be. And receivers weren't having great luck in that game. Who was the one guy that 
Tom went to as a safety blanket in that game, it was Cam Brate. Cam Brate was a huge part of the reason why the Bucks won that football game. And I think that he can step in and be a contributor on this football team still. And to be completely honest, I think the Bucks are going to rely even heavier on the wide receiving core this season that you don't need as much production from the tight end spot. Uh, we don't we do know we don't know as far as when exactly Chris Godwin will be back. So yes, that is a question mark. But I still think the Russell Gage signing is a little bit underrated by a lot of people in talking about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, 2022 season. I think Gage is going to be a big part of this offense from day one, especially if Godwin isn't healthy to go from day one. And you've still got Scotty Miller as a deep threat. You've still got Tyler Johnson, who we're hoping develops into a solid, possibly starting wide receiver in this league. And then you've got a guy in Cyril Grayson who stepped up when guys got hurt last year into a guy that you could count on. So in my opinion, you see what those rookies have to offer and you go with Cam Brate moving forward. I don't think that you need to go out and sign one of those free agents. What do you say? So in regards to the potential of using the wide receivers more on the offense, that's probably the most important thing that you mentioned in the last minute or so. Using them more. That I might agree with. Regards to finding a blocker like Gronk, you may not find one on the open market, but there is one that you didn't bring up that is a decent blocker. May not be a pass-catching threat, but he's a decent blocker, and that's Kyle Rudolph. My, yeah. only, my only issue with Probably Rudolph, the closest comparison to Gronk that's out there in terms of free agents. My only issue with Rudolph is, is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's 32 years old. You might think, 32, that's not that old, by the way. Gronk, what, 32, 33, and leaving the game, okay? That's number one. You mentioned other guys like Jared Cook. I'm not a big Jared Cook guy. And and I say this because, obviously, watching him play the Bucs the last couple of years as a member of the Saints, I still remember the fumble that he had, and Devin White picked up that fumble. That picture's out there on social media, people saying, Jared Cook's always been good to the Bucks. Go ahead, bring him in. <laughs> so when it comes to Cook, as big as he is, I don't see him as like a big target, big mismatch problem against smaller safeties. I just don't see him like that anymore. Maybe because he's 35 years old. I don't know. I will say this much. Over the last five years, he's had 500 yards receiving the last five years. Over 500 yards receiving in the last five years. I'll give him that much, but I'm not a biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan of his. You mentioned Ibram. I mentioned staying healthy. He missed nine games last year, two in the injury. He hasn't played a full season since 2018. So when it comes to Ibram, you want to kick the tires, kick the tires, but you better not kick too hard because you might want to, you might knock off one of the tires from that car, so to speak. The wild card in all this, and you have to go <laughs> to Jerryland to find it. And that's Dalton Schultz, who had the franchise tag placed on him by the Cowboys. He wants a new deal. They haven't given it to him yet. The question is, how much will he cost you? And I don't mean from trading a draft pick, because, heck, they traded. They got a, a four for Amari Cooper. 
So you offer them a four for Schultz, they'll probably jump at it. The issue is, can you fit my man under the cap? Because there's, there's reports out there that he wants 10 to $12 million. And guess what that does? <laughs> that takes away all your cap space. And you have to, I mean, you literally have to get the guy to a deal to make that deal to make a part of your team. Now, if you get Schultz, <laughs> you're getting a bona fide Pro Bowl type tight end at that that's, standpoint. That's not the exact same thing as getting Mark Andrews, Andrews but, but it's, it's pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the guy last year, 78 catches, over 800 yards receiving, eight TDs on the Cowboys, where they had multiple, multiple options to get the football to. So he showed out in Dallas. But I just think it's it's tough to, to work around a franchise tag and get him on a contract when you only got $12 million in cash space. Two other things that I want to address before we wrap up for the week. The Bucks, uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, today officially released punter Bradley Pinion. Lynn, I said in our NFL draft recap episode that Jake Camarda would be the most impactful rookie on this team. He is the starter. He beat Bradley Pinion for the job before it even comes to uh, before he even get to body. Like, before he even gets to training was camp. hurt last year. Didn't punt well. Did well with kickoffs, and he gets caught. And and he's costing him two point nine million dollars. And they didn't have a competition yet. He didn't take his job. He was given his job. Can, can you can you go? Can you lean a little bit more towards my opinion that Kamara is going to be the no. uh, the most impactful no, rookie on this Zion team? No, going to kick that out the window <laughs> when when the season when the real season starts. Mark my words. You know what? That's fine. You talk it up. We've been down this road before. When McCullum when McCullum's out there balling, because I'm no scout. But I know when I see somebody who can play, and McCullum can play. But that's Carlton okay. Davis was very complimentary of him and talking no, 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 about no, 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 him. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you now that. Now you need Carlton I'm Davis. Not, I'm not. I'm not need dis- Carlton Davis. I'm not dissing <laughs> Zion McCollum. I'm just going yeah, with no. uh, my my take on uh, on the University of Georgia you, you need, punter. You there, need Todd Bowles to sign off on him. You need you need Carlton Davis to sign off on him. You want Devin White to sign off on him too? Levante David. Will that convince you? Oh, no, 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 no. Your close friend and podcast co-host. Oh, no, because trusting (laughs) trusting the number one cornerback on the team is not more important. (laughs) His opinion is not more important than Lynn Martez. But Carlton Davis shows up. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's good. Young kid. Looks like me when I got in the league. Teach him a lot of things. And, you know, he's picking up the scheme and everything. Oh, yeah. You sign off now. I say it. Ah. Big deal. All right. Last thing I wanna I wanna get to. We basically uh, put the nail in the in the coffin of Adamican Sue returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago. But in inter- in an interview with NFL Live, he basically said that returning to the Bucks is no longer an option, even though some Bucks fans were still holding out hope that him and Akeem uh, Hicks would both be on this football team. Then uh, in response to that, to a and Sue went on Twitter subsequently and quote tweeted that statement and said that playing for the Raiders 
sounds interesting. Do you like that fit for Sue and the Raiders? And if the Raiders were to make that signing, they've made a ton of big moves this offseason. Where, where does that put them in terms of that very crowded, very good AFC West in a very crowded playoff picture in terms of Super Bowl contenders in the AFC as well? You know who doesn't want a Dominican Sue in, in Vegas? Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes too. They don't want no parts of Sue in Vegas. And you might say, what's the big deal? He had six sacks last year. No, 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 it's not that. And, and mind you, he had six sacks in the defense that he played here in Tampa Bay that worked well for him. And Todd Bowles specifically wanted him in his defense when he got here three years ago. But here's the thing, and then I mentioned Vegas, and that is, dude, they already got Max Crosby on one end, and they got Chandler Jones on Ooh, another end, buddy. and you put Indomitian Sue in the middle of that defensive line, I mean, you saw what he did with Donald, lined up against Donald, and how much he helped Donald, you know how much he would help those two guys, those end rushes, by, by keeping those guys from getting double teamed with guards or whatever it is, and meetings at the quarterback, dude? Listen, you can say whatever you want about Indomitian Sue in regards to, oh, well, he lives in Detroit, got a big contract, didn't earn his money there. Oh, oh, he left the Miami Dolphins, he freelanced there, didn't earn his money there. You know where he earned his money? Here in Tampa Bay. He earned his money here. Think and about in it. L.A. too. Yeah. $9 million contracts, $10 million contracts, Right? Show me contracts. And he showed you the last couple of years. Kept his mouth shut, ball. And he always kept his mouth shut. People just didn't like him because, you know, he, he had over $600,000 fines. <laughs> kind of step on quarterback's chest. <laughs> Anger issues. But when it came to playing, and I told you a couple of weeks ago, that dude came to play every Sunday. He was prepared to play because he got himself ready during the week. And that's the one thing that scares me about Mr. X. <laughs> it scares me. I know it's only June, but come November and December, I don't want to be having a conversation with you in regards to such and such not playing again this week. So in my opinion, I'm already very close to saying that I think the Raiders are the favorites in that division, even over the Chiefs with the losses that they've had this offseason. If they sign Sue... I, I think that would put it over the top for me in saying that the Raiders would be the AFC West winners. I'll give you a wild card team also out West that could potentially sign him. And pardon the pun, wild card team. Because <laughs> that's where they ended up after going 7-0 to start the season. <laughs> Your team, Arizona. Don't be surprised if uh, he ends up I'd there. like that too. Uh, to pair him with pair him with put, JJ Watt. Put some men and, in that damn going locker room instead of the one in that sissy offense they run. Flag football. Go ahead. All right. So as Lynn mentioned, it is still only June, but only one podcast episode. Put left, my flag. Put my flag in the month of June, and then we will be on to July, and we will be very close to NFL training camps. We'll have one more episode in June, but then in July, leading up to training camps, we're going to go through. The other teams in the NFC South, we will dedicate one episode each to the Carolina Panthers, to the New Orleans Saints, and to the Atlanta Falcons as we preview the upcoming NFL season, which is going to be here until you know it. That's in two weeks, but we will be back next week with another edition 
of Downey and Martez. He is Len Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Until next time, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.